Guys, so we are in this new series that we are calling Steadfast, and I have I want to kind of paint a picture for you. Go with me for a minute. I want you to think about a time. Maybe you've, how many of you guys ever played the game Mao? Like, there's a lot of ASM people, right? Okay, Mao is a game where like only one person, the person who starts the game, like, knows the rules, right? And then as you play the game, you've got to figure out what the rules are, okay? And, and then as you get more and more people involved and they start to figure out the rules of the game, right? So there's a lot of games like that. When I was growing up, we used to uh, play this game called the broom game. It's very similar, okay? But there were certain things you had to say. Does this sound like I'm in a cave? It's weird, right? What's going on? Phil, should I ditch the mic? What's going on? Are we better? Oh, okay, cool. We're figuring it out. Right on. So bear with us. So, uh, guys, maybe you've been in that position before where you walk into the game, you don't necessarily understand all the rules. Maybe you showed up late to something and everyone's kind of involved. Like, you're supposed to be a part of the group, whatever it is that you showed up to, but you showed up late and you're kind of, you've missed out on some key details on what's happening within that group of people. Uh, maybe for you, I want you to think about this. Maybe you have uh, tried to put together, sometimes we do this as like an ASM game. You try to put together a puzzle, but we don't give you the picture of the puzzle. You got to try to put it together. It's like infuriating, right? It's something, it, it, it makes you feel like you're lost. Maybe this is you. Like I know, I've seen the Lego movie, all right? I know we're all master builders, okay? But as a type A personality, right? Like I have directions, right? Like I love watching my son play Legos. But it drives me crazy, okay? Because I'm like, where those are? Those were all individual sets at one time. What is happening? This is chaos, okay? So, but have you ever gone back and you like try to build one of those old sets, but like you've lost the directions and you're trying to do it from memory, or or worse yet, like you lost the directions, but you'll have like a picture of it or something, and so you're trying to build up a picture. Unless that is like a ten-piece Lego set, forget, it, right? There's not a chance it's happening. Okay? And I think that the church that we're going to look at in this series, this church in a place called Thessalonica, is actually a lot like that. They, they are in the right place. They're where they need to be, but they're lacking some instructions. They're missing things. And guys, our mission as a church is this. It's to be and to is to live and lead others to live as everyday followers of Jesus. Embarrassing, I messed it up, right? Okay. ASM, we say it this way. We say, we want you to be an everyday follower of Jesus. Now, first of all, we have, to, we have to decide, what does that mean? What does it mean to be an everyday follower of Jesus? And we talked a little bit about that last week. How do we do that? How can we be an everyday follower of Jesus? And so we talked about four ways last week that you could be an everyday follower of Jesus practices, things you can put into your life that can help you follow Jesus more closely. Now, this is not the same thing as being saved from your sins. It's not the same thing as recognizing Jesus as your Savior. And we're going to talk a little about what that means in a moment. This is, I've accepted Jesus as my Savior, and I want to walk closer with him. I want to walk in an everyday relationship with Jesus. It means put Jesus first. I don't put myself first. I don't put someone else ahead of Jesus. Jesus first. Means he's the boss. And the way we ask that is like, who do you live for? Everybody's living for someone or something. And then we before me. This is this value, this way of following Jesus says, you know what? The way in which we live as a community outshines my own personal, my individual wants and desires. What I think is best. 
And so when we do that, we say, how will you love each other? And that's actually really key. Then we talked about this idea of thinking selfless. I don't think of myself first. And the way we ask that question, or the question we ask there is, where will you serve? In what ways will you show others that you're going to put them ahead of yourself? You're going to serve other people. Because Jesus gave us that example to serve other people. And that last one is this idea of making Jesus known. And we expressed that earlier. I asked you guys when we have an event coming up, we asked the question, who will you bring? Is that it's, once again, all these things are it's not about me. The, the question that we have to ask as we start out this school year is, do you even want to be an everyday follower of Jesus? Because no one can make you do it. Do you want to be an everyday follower of Jesus? Maybe you're sitting here right now and your honest take, your, the honesty in your heart right now would say, you know what? I, I'm actually good. Like, I'm good with being a, a once-a-week follower of Jesus. Like, I come on Wednesday nights. Come on Wednesday nights, and I'm good with that. Maybe some of you are like, you know, I'm good with, I'm good with a twice-a-week following Jesus. Like, Sundays, Wednesdays, I'll show up. I'll do it. I'll do it when it's convenient for me. I'll do it when maybe, maybe I have something to gain from it, when it's, when it's the cool thing to do, when it's popular to do, when it's, you know, when I'm at camp. When it, in the place where it's easy to do, I'll follow Jesus then. Maybe if you're honest with yourself, you're sitting here right now, you're like, I'm still figuring this out, Kurt. I don't know if I want to follow Jesus every day. And the honest answer from you is, I don't, I don't want to follow Jesus every day. That's not where I'm at. But we have to answer that question honestly if we're going to move forward. See, this church in this place called Thessalonica, they needed the info. They needed this info on how to follow Jesus every day. Our big idea is this thing, that the gospel does its work in every circumstance. Now, we're going to talk about what the gospel is, because if you don't know what that word means, then we're, we have nowhere to start. That, that's, that's a non-starter for us. Now, if you guys were here last year, if you're in seventh or eighth grade right now, it means you were in sixth and seventh grade last year. I can do math. Okay, sixth and seventh grade last year, you were here for our study in the book of Acts. And we have to go back to the book of Acts to understand what's happening in this book, First Thessalonians. It's actually a letter that's written to a group of people. And in the book of Acts in chapter, chapter 17, this is something we discussed last year, there's these two guys named Paul and Silas. Now, there's a lot of backstory we get into who they are, but they are Jesus followers. And they go to this place, this city called Thessalonica. And they're there for three weeks. And they go into the Jewish synagogue. They go into the temple. And they begin to share the good news, the gospel of Jesus for three weeks. And then when they're not on the weekends in the, the synagogue, they're out on the street sharing the same thing. For three weeks. They're in this city sharing the gospel. So we have to ask, answer this first question, what is the gospel? The gospel is this is good news that we have a God who loves us, likes us, and wants us. Let's talk about here in ASM. And we'll break that down so we understand exactly what that means. But we have a God who loves us. Maybe you guys probably heard God is love. But what does that look like? God loves us so much, the Bible says that he gave his only son, that Jesus would die for you, for the things that we do that break God's heart, for the ways in which we mess up. It's called sin. Jesus took punishment for that. So we have a God who loves us, 
So much he gave up his son. But here's the thing. I love a lot of people. I've said this before. I love a lot of people that like, if I have to spend time with them on the holidays, I'd rather die. Okay. But I love them, but I just don't like them very much. And maybe you have those people in your life. Right. And for, for us, here's the encouraging thing. Not only does God love us, but God likes us so much that he invites us to be a part of his family, despite our brokenness. And then here's the even crazier is that God wants us he invites us to be a part of what he's doing in this world, even though he doesn't need us. So we have a God who loves, likes us, and wants us. And Paul and Silas go and they deliver this message. The good news that Jesus has shown us this is the truth about God. And the few people who were already God followers, they were Jewish people, and they started to follow Jesus. But mostly the people that followed and made a decision to follow Jesus, most of them in the city called Lanica were what we call Gentiles or non-Jewish people. And even a step further than that, they were pagans. They worshiped all kinds of false gods. Because Thessalonica, here's the cool thing. It's a lot like Seattle. It's a seaport city, okay? So people are coming over from all over the world to this area to trade and sell. Merchants from everywhere. And they are bringing all their beliefs and the different gods that they follow. And they're all kind of converging right here. But those same people then leave and go out. So this is a really, really interesting place, place Thessalonica. Now, a bunch of people come to know Jesus as their savior, come to follow Jesus, but something happens. There's a bunch of Jewish people in the area. They start to get a little upset about the popularity of Paul and Silas and this growing news of Jesus, the son of God. But what they end up doing is, I love the way that the book of Acts puts this. They go to the marketplace and they find some troublemakers. I love it. They find troublemakers. I don't really know. Like when I think of this, like they go to the market. I think like there's a good part of the market, like the nice people are. And then there's like the area, like the dark side of the market, right? Where like all the, the, the troublemakers are. So if you're any Harry Potter fans in here, there's like, there's like Diagon Alley. But like, I think of like the troublemakers are like when Harry accidentally ends up in Nocturne Alley. Like, and, and Hagrid's like, I don't want people seeing you here. Right? So I think like, so they knock an alley and they, they stir up some troublemakers. All right? And what they end up doing is they're going and they are basically hunting down Paul and Silas. We want them out of the picture. We want them gone. Literally, we want to kill them. And they know where they're staying. They're staying at this guy named Jason's house. So they go to Jason's house. They're pounding on the door. Paul and Silas take off and they arrest Jason. Paul and Silas have to run for their lives and they go to this city called Berea. So here's what happens. Think about your small group leaders. Your small group leaders show up week after week. They share God's word with you. They're, they're pouring over God's word with you. And then they're here for three weeks. You come to know Jesus and then they're like, all right, I'm out of here. And they take off. And that's what happens. They're left alone. They have literally no resources for following Jesus. Then they know the gospel and they have the Holy Spirit. That's where they're at. They don't have a Bible. They are very unresourced. And this church thrives despite it. Not only are they under-resourced, but the church in Thessalonica, here's the crazy thing. Not only are they under-resourced, but people are trying to kill them. They're under persecution. Now, by the time we open this book, Thessalonians. This is the first of two letters that Paul writes to this church. 
First of two letters. By the time this happens, they've already sent a guy named Timothy. They've sent him back to be their pastor for two years. So they've had some kind of formal leadership. They probably trained up some leaders. Okay, but compared to a lot of other places, they're pretty under-resourced. Now, this it says, we're going to look at one verse from 1 Thessalonians tonight. One verse. 1 Thessalonians 1, 1. Big sermon, one verse, okay? Paul, Silas, and Timothy. So who's writing this? Everybody always goes, Paul wrote 1 Thessalonians. Yes, he did. But there are three people who are writing this. This is coming from the heart of three men who love this church. Paul, Silas, the guys who delivered the word, and Timothy who became their pastor later. And then Timothy stayed like years, and he takes off to another city called Ephesus. Paul and Silas and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace to you. They're writing this letter, which means a couple of things. These are very key things, things that are important to understand. If they're writing this letter, guys, when, when they leave in Acts 17, any, any Star Wars fans out there? Sweet. All right. Now, original trilogy, I don't know what the rest of you guys think, but this, like, at the end of Acts 17, we're leaving on, like, the Empire Strikes Back. Luke's got his hand cut off. He fell out of Bespin. The Empire's on the rise. Han's frozen in carbonite. Okay, things are not good. But there are some, there are some rebels who are following Jesus in Thessalonica. They're following Jesus. But things don't look good. The fact that there's a letter being written years later to this church shows us one very, very important thing there's still a church to write to. That's awesome. Let's sink in. They're being hunted in a lot of ways. They're under-resourced, and yet there's still a church to write to. And this letter that he writes, Paul writes a bunch of letters, and most of them sound very corrective in nature, like you're doing this wrong, stop it. But this letter is instructive and encouraging. Which means despite all the things that act them, they're doing quite well. But they need the Lego directions. They need to know how to put the pieces together to follow Jesus every day. How do they do that? Do you ever feel like you don't know enough? Do you ever feel like if I just knew more about God, more about the Bible, I would start to, I would start to share the gospel? Guys, I look at the church in Thessalonica and I think, okay, so what's our excuse? They're under-resourced. They're being hunted. And the church grows. And we have 2,000 years of church history at our disposal. And we start going, well, if only I knew a little more. If only I, if only I had some more experience. What's our excuse? Do you want to be every follower of Jesus? Because no one can do that for you. No one's going to force it on you. The Thessalonians are extremely under-resourced compared to us. So tonight, once again, no one can make you an everyday follower of Jesus. But our hope, as we, as we dive into this series called Steadfast, and next week we'll actually look at why is it called this. Uh, a, little, a little precursor to that, the, one of the reasons it's, we call it Steadfast is because this church stood up under pressure. And we want to know, like, what does it mean to have a steadfast faith, one that doesn't give up when we're following Jesus? What does it look like to be an everyday follower of Jesus? Our hope as we walk through 1 Thessalonians is that you will be inspired.
that you will look at the example of this church and you will be inspired to follow him through the example that they set. That we'll look at this church and be like, if that's what it looked like to follow Jesus, sign me up. And I want to learn how to do it every day. Not Sunday and Wednesday, the other five days of the week. And not just Sunday morning and Wednesday night, but all day long. I want to learn what it looks like to follow Jesus. That has to be where we start. If we're not willing to do that, then like, honestly, me and the small group leaders, we should pack up and go home. This is about following Jesus with everything we have. Because Jesus actually says he came to give us life and give us life to the fullest. That's what Wyatt talked about last week. As we dive into our small groups tonight, we're going to break them into our small groups. You're going to find your leaders after this next worship set. And you're going to find your small groups. You guys are going to talk about this one thing. At camp, if you're with us, we talked about doing hard things for God. About taking a deeper step in our relationship with God. About getting serious about our faith and following Jesus every day. So the question I want you guys to ask tonight as we launch into this series of steadfast faith in 1 Thessalonians, what is one hard thing, just one, that you can do this week as an everyday follower of Jesus? One thing. You want to come up with five? But I want you to think actually, what is the hard thing? Not the easy thing, not the thing I don't do because I'm lazy. What's the hard thing that I'm going to do for God? What's the thing that's challenging for me? What's the thing that might cost me a little bit? Where am I willing to risk for Jesus? Because the Thessalonians, they, they risked everything to follow Jesus. Everything. So what are you willing to risk? What hard things are you willing to do for God? Let's pray and have the worship team come on back up. And then afterward, you guys are just going to break straight into your small groups. Girls, you're going to head upstairs. Guys, spread, around this, spread out around this room. God, thank you so much for the example that you've given us of these churches in, in the ancient Near East, God, where we can see you moving powerfully. Jesus, where we see people who gave literally everything to follow you, many of them gave their lives. God, I pray that we would really wrestle with, do we really want to be an everyday follower of Jesus? We have to answer that question first. And I pray that for many of us in this room, honestly, I pray for all of us, that the answer to that question would be yes. But the next question should be, all right, how? God, I pray that you would begin to impress those things on hearts, the how, when we understand why, that we would begin to question, how do I do that? And we would follow you faithfully in those steps. God, thank you so much for loving us, for liking us, wanting us. It's in your name we pray. Amen.